episode of Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today, we're going to talk about Janet Jackson's You. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam, I'm really excited about today's chat. Me too. As usual, we'll have a quick check-in on some Janet news, and then we're going to talk about one of my favorite songs off the Velvet Rope album. And we got Kelly Alexander. Kelly Alexander! (laughs) (laughs) Talking to her was so much fun. You know, I love it when you talk to someone and they're as awesome as you imagine. Yes. After we discuss our song, we'll have part one of our interview with Kelly Alexander. So Janet has received her third nomination for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Hopefully third time is the charm. She's been getting great support from other celebrities. And I love seeing that, including her good friend, Kathy Ireland, her nephew, Tosh, who's been tweeting and retweeting. And uh, Questlove from The Roots, who is a voting member for the Rock Hall. Yeah, he's been pretty vocal about the injustice of Janet not being already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I often wonder what's the real voting process for getting in? Yeah, I wondered it too. So I looked it up. (laughs) Research. Research. So apparently there is something called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation's nominating committee, and they select the group of artists that will be nominated in the performer category. So I think it's something like 16. And then from there, they send ballots out to... It's about a thousand people. It includes historians, um, other members of the music industry, other artists. And it also includes every living rock hall inductee. And the five performers receiving the most votes become that year's induction class. And the fans get to vote, too, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because at work I'm in a competition with my co-worker. (laughs) She's she's rooting for Stevie Nicks, who is already in the Hall of Fame with Fleetwood Mac. So I feel like, you know, Stevie can wait. (laughs) Janet is now. (laughs) Yes, I'm with you. Have you been voting? I have. I have. And it's interesting, too, because I have seen a lot of folks online who are are like really egging people on to vote. And I've been doing it, too. From our account, I've been tweeting the link and getting everybody to vote. But when I looked up the information about the voting, I was like, oh, well, this is kind of (laughs) disappointing. Um, Apparently, you know, since 2012, fans have been um, given a chance just like the other um, ballots to select their top five as well. But what essentially happens is the top five vote getters of that fan choice become one ballot. So essentially the 1000 ballots become a thousand and one. So it's not exactly a thousand. There's more than that, but essentially all the fans votes equate to one ballot. So whoever the top five are, they all go on a single ballot. What? Right. <laughs> right so it's not as um life-changing or 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 results altering as we would like it to be but i've still been voting and i've still been encouraging other people to vote because more than just uh you know what that one ballot equals i just want janet to know that her fans have her back and maybe it doesn't necessarily have a great impact on the outcome but hopefully she knows And I know she knows without us even doing this, but I just want her to know what she means to us. So that's why I vote every day. And plus, she knows she got Quizlove vote, too. Right, 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 right. So (laughs) at least that. Yeah. But I would like to see her get into the top five. I really would. I want to see Janet and LL make it. (laughs) So let's talk about these European MTV Music Awards. Yay. They are actually honoring Miss Janet Jackson with the Global Icon Award, which she well deserves. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's the award ceremony is held in Spain this year. And honestly, um, I didn't even know about this award. So it's been given out since 2008. But anytime you put icon in something and give it to Janet Jackson, I'm going to pay attention. Yeah, I'm going to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Just for it. <laughs> now, all these other people that got in, I don't know what year they got in, but I'm just like, okay, but I'm watching this year. <laughs> yeah. So some of the previous winners have been Paul McCartney, Bon Jovi, Eminem, Ozzy Osbourne, Duran Duran, Green Day, U2. I'm sorry, because I was thinking to myself, why is Eminem going in before Janet? Anyways. Yeah, and Janet is actually the second African-American to win and the second woman to win the award. So the award was given posthumously to Whitney Houston after her passing in 2012. And it was well-deserved. She is clearly a global icon. But I think it's interesting um, that the only two African-Americans are women. Hmm. Also, Janet along with others, will be performing at the Beat Fever Music Festival. Yeah, so this is another one of those things I've never heard of. <laughs> but <laughs> now that you've added Janet, you have my attention. Yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, uh, Daddy Yankee, T.I., Steve Aoki, um, a couple of other folks are going to be in the first ever global virtual music festival. So it's completely online. Uh, fans from around the world apparently can log on using Spotify or Apple Music. And you'll be able to listen to the songs together. And then you'll be able to chat in real time via the app. Mm -hmm. And artists will schedule stage times when they go on. And fans will have the opportunity to pose questions to several other artists, which is kind of cool to have that interaction. It definitely is cool, although I hope it goes much better than the previous times we've asked Janet Jackson questions. We're not going to get into that. That's a whole nother segment. <laughs> <laughs> also, we know that she's been in the studio lately. Some pictures have been popping up on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, one of her collaborators has been posting uh, J.P. Castillo. And apparently he is a Christian singer, songwriter um, from Costa Rica. I also know that he's a Michael Jackson fan because he performed with the Philharmonic Orchestra in Costa Rica and they did a pretty spectacular tribute to Michael Jackson. Yeah, I actually went on YouTube and listened to a couple of his songs. Unfortunately, I didn't pass Spanish that no well, so I just <laughs> I just bobbed my head. <laughs> I was the same, you know, I looked into him and listened to a couple of songs and I really enjoyed them. Now, I did okay in Spanish, but I still had to hit that Google Translate a couple times. Know what we were talking about. Definitely waiting to hear that yeah. collab. Now, I, I just said all of those great things, but I do have one little teeny tiny, just a little teeny tiny thing that gets under my skin a teeny, teeny, tiny bit. Should I bring out the soapbox? Just that I'm going to be short. Okay. One thing... It seems like that Janet does and and it's kind of like her M.O. And this isn't about him. So I want to be clear. I very much enjoyed his music that I listen to on YouTube. Yeah. But also, I just want maybe to see some music come out with like some folks in her same, you know what I'm saying? Her same, <laughs> on the same <laughs> On the, just on the same level. This is all I want. It's just like on par. Okay. And I know that there aren't many that are on par. It's just like yeah. every time a collaboration is announced, I'm like, 
Why I gotta go look them up? Like <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to look up Daddy Yankee though. <laughs> I, Did had to re- you? I had to refresh my memory. I was like, is this the Daddy Yankee from 1999? <laughs> so I did love me some Daddy Yankee. <laughs> Like I said, he was the best hype man. Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to keep it peaceful. <laughs> Just say I'm looking forward to the collab. My cousin may not be. <laughs> no, I am. I really am. Because I think he's awesome. And I think, too, what she's continuing to do is, like, go into these global markets. Getting with Spanish-speaking artists is mm-hmm. a really smart move because there's a huge audience for Spanish-speaking artists. But also, too, the part that I like is that he's a Christian singer-songwriter. And I think we may... So remember when we were talking about our predictions for Made for mm-hmm. Now? And I said, mm-hmm. I think we're going to get a more spiritual song. Mm-hmm. And I was very, 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 very wrong. Mm-hmm. You are. <laughs> <laughs> but it could happen now. This could be it. So I'm going to put my prediction out there again that we're going to get something a little spiritual. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into this week's song. This week's song is from Janet Jackson's 1997 landmark album, The Velvet Rope. You. Yes, written by Janet, Jimmy, Terry, and Renee. (laughs) You didn't have to say Renee like that. (laughs) 2019, I'm going to ease up on Renee and Randy. That's that's, that's my resolution. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. But you're going to ride out 2018. Yeah, might as well finish what I started. Now, the coolest thing about this song is, and I did not know this for like the longest time, but it actually samples war, Cisco Kid. And to me, it actually feels just like a part of a song, like just another instrument. Yeah, it was really interesting how they used that sample. This song is technically classified as trip hop. Okay, I got a question. Mm -hmm. What is trip pop? Mm-hmm. I had the same question too. And the reason I looked it up is because it doesn't feel like that to me. So trip hop is defined as fusion of hip hop and electronica, but it doesn't really feel like those to me. To me, it's one of those songs that made me mad when I think about Janet not being in the rock hall. It's another really groundbreaking rock-esque song where she took a huge artistic risk and created a sound that really no other mainstream artist could touch. Sometimes I just feel like Jen is too successful for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, it's like she's been punished for not being niche enough. This song personifies the type of artist that should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She has, her music has so many different varieties and you really can't just put her in a box. Yeah. You was not an official single in the U.S., but was released in Europe and Japan. In Japan, it was released with a remix of Every Time and the song Accept Me. So to me, this whole album, The Velvet Rope, was like an all-access invitation to Janet's life, which her albums typically are, but this was like the most diariest of the diaries. (laughs) And for me, You was probably the most vulnerable song on there. Ultimately, the song is talking about living a life for so many years and then trying to be who everybody else wants you to be. And then eventually you have to you know, look in the mirror and see your true self. 
the you she refers to in the song is actually herself. Right. Because it was long rumored that you was about her brother. <laughs> all because apparently she mentions a mirror. And I remember uh, she did an interview with John Norris. And I think it was on the show called Ultrasound. And uh, she said she should have named the song Me. And, you know, even he he was poking like, well, you know, you did mention the mirror. And she said something like, is it's my brother, the only man with a mirror. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> they only sold one. <laughs> and what's cool was Janet actually, you know, changed her voice. I was surprised that she was singing and you no, know, her voice was so much lower. Mm-hmm. It was very unusual for her at the time. I don't know that we had ever, have we ever heard her sing that low? Mm-mm. Because it was more alto to me, more alto going into a, a high tenor. Yeah, she got, she has a surprising range. You know, I think her most comfortable is in that soprano area, but mm-hmm. she has a surprising range, especially when you listen to the harmonies that she's done over the years. Mm-hmm. It was just something different from Janet, which shows that she's not, not afraid to take a risk vocally. Yeah. And also it tells you like, what she hears in her head like she her she knows her voice better than anybody in the world and you know what now that i think about it maybe by her lowering her voice she actually is her conscience in the song Hmm. maybe 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 it was like her altar like yeah this is what's on the inside yeah, I just had an aha moment. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this song really talks about so many things. What is your favorite line in this song? My favorite line is when she sings, spent most of your life pretending not to be the one you are, but who you choose to see, learn to survive in your fictitious world, does what they think of you determine your worth. Wow. When I first heard that song, and I can remember when I first heard this song, um, you know, going, the record store was open at midnight. I went to the record store at midnight, (laughs) got the album, and I remember coming back and playing it. And this was the one that, like, first grabbed my attention. Like, it held my soul and wouldn't let go. Me too. Because it was so vulnerable and so, you know, I was a freshman in college when this song came out, and I remember um, thinking to myself, Like, if she can be this transparent and if she's feeling these things, I'm like, Janet Jackson, you know, from all intents and purposes, it seems like she's lived a charmed life. But if she Mm -hmm. feels this way, then I shouldn't beat up on myself because I feel this way. Right. Like we all just have we're in a place where we have to work to Mm -hmm. becoming who we are. Like, I still feel like I'm still becoming who I am, even as an adult. Um, But I recognize that, that it's a journey and that sometimes you do feel like a fraud in a space until you grow in that space or until you realize you don't need to be in that space. Yeah. And I agree with you when you say that this was like, when I heard this track, it did catch my attention and also let me know what to expect from the rest of the project. Um, My favorite line is just the lyrics. There's just these two lines. You got to mean what you say. You got to say what you mean. And even now, when I hear that, when, when you hear about, I'm like, you can't just go out there and just blur stuff out like on social media and stuff, because what you put out there, people feel like that's that's the real you. That's what you really mean. That's what you're about. You know, you can't backtrack something that you throw out there. So I just think that this song is still relevant in, you know, in 2018. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So I think and it really made me search myself, especially because when it came out, I was a senior in high school and I was just going through so many changes and still trying to figure out who I was. And this song was like kind of my motivation song, uh, especially with going to school and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? If I don't, you know, get into college, if I don't do good on my test, I have nobody to blame but myself because it's on me. It's me becoming, you know, an adult, me becoming camp. Mm-hmm. 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 Man, good point. And you got me thinking, too, when you were talking about maybe it's her conscience when you said earlier about the lowered boys. You know, there's a part in the song where she's spelling letters and like she's just shouting letters. And I literally just figured it out. Like, I- I'm going to be generous and say like two weeks ago <laughs> um, that she's spelling conscience backwards. So, you know, that vamp part where she says you can't blame nobody but you. Mm-hmm. And then she's just saying E-C-N-E-I-C-S-N-O-C. She's spelling conscience backwards. And I'm like, oh, because of the mirror. You know, when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you're getting your reflection. And so it's being reflected back to you. And I was like, wow. That's deep. Janet, deep. <laughs> yeah, that's deep. <laughs> wow. That's like getting a tattoo backwards. So when you look in the mirror, they see your, you see their name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, too much. <laughs> Are you confessing something to me right now? No, because I'm superstitious, and I think that anytime you tattoo somebody's name, you're going to break up six months later. Yeah, that's pretty much the end of that. <laughs> you want to break up? Get I feel name. like that's how you get rid of somebody. <laughs> that or get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> On the next podcast, how to get rid of somebody. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, so, you know, this song, when I hear it, and a lot of people say this, too. They're like, I swear I hear Michael Jackson in the background. And she said when she recorded you, she listened to it and she thought that maybe that she should change the ad list because she didn't want to sound like Michael. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like him still. And we know it's not him. It's her. Um, yeah. But I guess you just can't fight the genes. I guess they, they just still think Janet and Michael is the same person. <laughs> <laughs> And yes. I saw Tupac at the corner store, by the way. <laughs> did you? Did you? Yeah. Did you say what's up? I said what's up. Keep your head mm-hmm. up. <laughs> Let's talk about this video. This video was shot um, in Scotland, actually. So in 1998, they filmed the video in front of a select group of fans. And the point was to kind of make it look like a live performance. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was a live performance. You know, it just wasn't necessarily you as performed in the video wasn't necessarily um a straight shot from the tour that was staged and there was choreography special for the video. Yeah. And then what they did was they actually spice um, actual concert footage that was shot the following day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The video contains highlights from the entire show. Yeah. So the video for me, it just felt like a very long commercial for the tour. You know, this wasn't uh, an official single in the U.S., um, but they released a video for the song anyways. And I was like, it was pretty genius. Um, yeah. So you got a whole like a highlight reel from the tour. And you got to, you know, hear a new Janet song that hadn't been played on the radio. And I'm sure there were several people who saw this video and thought when she comes here, I got to get a ticket. Got to push them ticket sales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, 
everything was on point. The choreography, the costumes, even the the band was on point. I mean, of course, if you see Janet in concert, it's always on point. Yeah, everything was so much fun. And, you know, the the, the part about this video containing like samples of most of the songs that she performed on the tour. I mean, like there's samples from Rhythm Nation. You see shots from uh, Because of Love. You see shots from Together Again. And it all works. And it makes me think of those videos that people put on the internet sometimes where people say like so-and-so is always on beat. It seems like Janet Jackson can (laughs) dance on beat to any Janet Jackson song. Like you could play any song and play any random choreography and it's going to fit. You might have to speed it up or slow it down, but it's going to fit. She on point. She on point. What kind of sorcery is this? Hey, Joe, Joe, Joe had them kids on point. He made them practice. She she had to watch Jackie and Jermaine and all them. (laughs) I remember watching this tour on HBO and I love that the fact that the dancers had on white masks and they were dressed in all black. And it really made you focus on Janet. Although she was moving from one part of the stage to the next, you really focused on her and only her because you weren't you know, trying to look at other different dancers and see who was out there. You just really focused on Janet. And I'm going to admit, I did look at the other dancers because they had on those the masks that were the same front and back. So yes. whenever they spun around, you couldn't tell like what's forward <laughs> and what's backward. So I was like mesmerized. Like, is this the front? No, this the front. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was sweating. So <laughs> Janet was sweating hard. Hey, <laughs> listen, this was hot. Okay. <laughs> but I really liked in the video too, they had Janet had the like masquerade mask on the stick. And I thought uh-huh. that was really clever. Um, you know, clever use of props, but also for this particular song, which is kind of like, um, you know, you're presenting a masked image of yourself to the world. I, I really thought that that was pretty uh, ingenious again. So again, I'm gonna have to say Janet, Janet deep. Yeah, she got deep on this song. And in my opinion, you set the tone for the entire album. And I'm really glad we got a chance to revisit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really glad to start getting into the Velvet Rope and revisiting all the videos and the interviews. This is my favorite Janet era, I think. Um, And you is probably one of the reasons why. So we're going to leave it there, though, because we got to get to our very first interview. Yes, we got Kelly Alexander. And if you're not already a fan, you're going to be after this. Alrighty, so y'all, we are delighted to welcome our very first guest to the podcast, and it's a good one. Man, because it's a great one. It is a great one. You are correct. On the line from Montreal, Canada, we have Kelly Alexander, host of the fittingly named Kelly Alexander Show. She's a fourth Dan Black Belt and the host of approximately 2,041 shows on Virgin Radio. And she is, in my opinion, the greatest radio interviewer in the business. 
She's a huge supporter of Janet Jackson and the Jam fam. She's interviewed everyone from Tina Landon to Jimmy Jam and even some folks not affiliated with Janet Jackson. Kelly Alexander, we are so excited to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. I am I that is the best introduction I have ever had in my entire life. (laughs) And I would like if you two ladies would introduce me every time I have my radio show, I would I would like you two to introduce me to my audience because that is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) well we are delighted to have you that was noble and we would be glad anywhere you want us to show up to introduce you we'll do it thanksgiving you need us we're there (laughs) fantastic i'm gonna start i'm gonna start making a list of all the places that you should announce me so kelly tell us a little bit more about your show i am a radio announcer in montreal so i have a, a radio show that i do on a terrestrial radio station virgin radio montreal And I've been a part of that team for a long time. And then I have my two podcasts that I do separately apart from my work at uh, Virgin. So I have the Kelly Alexander Show, which you talked about. And then I also have another podcast that I do with one of my colleagues from the radio station. Uh, Her name is Sharon Highland. And we have a 90s podcast called 90s Now, where we only talk uh, really about things from the 90s and what's happening now. Like, So, for example, we might talk about... Janet back in the 90s and then what she's doing now and then stuff about New Kids on the Block or Paul Abdul or Belle Biv DeVoe, whatever it is. And we try to, uh, you know, keep everybody up to date with what's going on uh, from the 90s into the now. So there's that. And then, of course, the Kelly Alexander Show I've had since um, October of 2009. So October 19th actually was the first a show that we put online uh, for that podcast, and I was really proud of it, and it was a lot of work to get the podcast on the air. So when it debuted, I was super uh, excited and, and you know, was ready to put in a lot of work, and so nine years later, uh, we are still going, and it's taken a little bit of a different uh, form, that particular show, The Kelly Alexander Show. Like, we started out playing way more music, and then we were doing uh, different types of interviews where I would not only interview celebrities and, and musicians, but I would interview, you know, doctors and do lifestyle bits. And then over the years, we really started to hone it down into um, an interview show with either celebrities or actors, musicians, all that sort of stuff, or their support staff, like uh, choreographers, like producers, all that kind of stuff. So that's where we are uh, right now. And I'm loving it. Have, have the best time and very grateful for all the support that we get. Kelly, just listening to your show, it's pretty clear that you just didn't become a Janet fan overnight. Um, Tell us how you became a Janet fan and what has kept you a fan all this time. So I first heard about Janet when I was probably nine years old, and I'll probably date myself by saying that. So yeah, so the Control album. And I remember, this is a very vivid memory, uh, my sister, who is older than me, she had this like mixtape uh, that she had, and I borrowed it and put it in my, you know, my Walkman. And uh, I was outside, um, and I had been told by my parents that I needed to, it was like the spring or something, and I had to like rake the, the leaves. And I remember listening to this mixtape, and then on came uh, Janet with Control. Just that, that one song, uh, my sister had that song. And I just remember going, wow, this is like super cool. And so that was my first uh, introduction to Janet. But then I became a super Janet fan in January of 1990 when I was watching the American Music Awards. And how that happened is, um, I don't know if you ladies remember, but back in the day, uh, New Kids on the Block were like the thing back then. And so yes. a bunch of my friends 
were in love with New Kids on the Block. And for whatever reason, I just, I didn't really know who they were or cared. And so my friends are like, well, watch the American Music Awards tonight. They're going to be on. You'll see who they are. I'm like, okay. So turned on the show and was watching the show. But then Janet came out and, and did Escapade. And that, Escapade. Was, that was it. And that was the beginning <laughs> of the end of the beginning of me and my love for Janet. So... So I've been with her ever since. Yes, I can totally understand that. Yes, oh it's amazing how when something really touches your soul or touches your core, you can remember everything about that moment. I remember that escapade performance like it happened this morning. And uh, I'm going to date myself even further. Uh, when she did What Have You Done For Me Lately, I think at the Grammys, I was like snared. But when she did Escapade in 1990 um, at the American Music Awards, it was over. I was like, there's no one else. I don't care who comes after. It doesn't matter. This is it. Like, we'll, we will never see anything better than this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Agreed. Totally agree. I, after that, it was, I think I wore that VHS. For some reason, too, ladies, I don't know why, but I was I was taping that, that, um, that award show. And I was so grateful I did because I must have watched that performance a gajillion times. I knew, like, all the moves. And for, like, uh, a, a white little farm girl uh, to master the moves, I probably didn't look that great, but I, I knew them. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So we mentioned in the introduction that you have interviewed many people who have worked closely with Janet Jackson over the years. Uh, Can you tell us about some of your most memorable guests? Well, right off the top, I guess the two would have to be uh, Jimmy Jam and and, uh, and Tina Landon. Um, Just because for well, for, for different reasons. First of all, I'll start with Tina. Tina was, I think, the first sort of close Janet associate that I was able to get on the show. And so I actually interviewed her years ago, like years ago, even before the uh, the Kelly Alexander Show podcast actually started. Um, I was able to interview her about like her, it was, I think it was like a like a dance workout tape at the time. This might've been like oh, 20, yeah. 2011, I think maybe. No, no, sorry. That would have been earlier than that. Like 2007, maybe something like that. And oh. so I had her on, um, it was funny. My, my boss at the particular radio station I was working at at the time was like, I know you love her. Like you can use a clip. So, so I, I managed to get her on the show and I think I literally talked to her for an hour, but was only able to use a clip, but I still had the interview for the hour. So, so that was great. And yeah, I think it was like 2000, yeah, 2007, somewhere around that. So that was my first foray with Miss Landon. And then I think my next chat with her was I reached out to her again in 2014 for the uh, anniversary of Rhythm Nation. And then from then on, she's just been on the show like six times, I think. And she is just such a class act. I couldn't like, I mean, I was in love with her when I figured out that she was like a choreographer and was a dancer, obviously, for the Rhythm Nation project. And so to be able to have her on the show and then have her multiple times on the show and have her come up to Montreal uh, because it'll be a year in October that she flew up here uh, for us to do the big on-camera interview that we did for the 20th anniversary of Velvet Rope. And she's such a class act. She loves Janet so much. She loves her time with Janet so much. Yes. Um, and she is just, there's not enough words to describe her. She's brilliant. She is, she is just brilliant. She's a classy lady. And I learned so much by just being around her. So I will always love her, especially because having her on the show allowed me to then, you know, when I was trying to reach other Janet associates, it was easier because I'd be like, well, Tina Landon's already done the show. 
And yeah. and because oh, of because okay. yeah, so because of her and and her support, so many of the other dancers that I've had on the show, it's like it wasn't even a question. They're like, "Oh, Tina did it. Okay, cool." You know, yeah. so so Tina has a lot of clout, and um, and I can tell you too one thing that I hope has come across in the interviews that we've done when I'm speaking about Tina. So let's say I've you know talking to Kelly Kono or to Nikki Pentenberg or Seanette, they all have such high regard for her, and they love her, and she's truly Mama Bear to them. And yeah, yeah. So <laughs> she's just a, a class act, and it's been an honor to have her on the show. And um, and then with Jimmy. It was just a dream come true as well to have him agree to be on the program because, uh, first of all, I've been trying to get him for several several years, and it just it just took a while. It took a while, mm-hmm. and so when we finally managed to make that happen, I was so excited because yeah. I knew that I was going to work my tail off to be super prepared and hopefully ask the right questions that the fans wanted the answers to. So that's what like my motivation when I do these interviews um, with Janet related people is, you know, I really have the Jan fam and Janet fans mm-hmm. in general, you know, in my heart and in my, my mind because I want to uh, do you guys proud. So because I am, I'm, 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 I'm one of you. Like I am, I am you. So, so yes. I, I just happen to have yes. a microphone. That's all. Yes. And we can really tell as well when you're interviewing folks that it, there are people that you're passionate about, but you're so well prepared. It doesn't feel like a forced conversation, but you aren't, you're asking pointed direct questions and you're digging for things that fans true fans wouldn't already know yeah I really want to make sure that because I remember and I I, maybe you ladies can uh you know feel the same way or agree with me I just remember being you know my little 13 year old self and into teenage land you know 15 16 17 and and seeing these um you know I used to just want so much behind the scenes uh information about her various projects so like uh, I, you know, I had that VHS tape of the Rhythm Nation behind the scenes, and I wore that to death. You know what I mean? And then when, yes. and then when the Janet project came out, and again there was a VHS tape of like, you know, the water gun fight on the set of You Want This, like all that stuff. Like I love that stuff, and I just had all these questions. I was like, well, what happened with this? And then what would happen with that? And like, what was the motivation as to why she did, you know, this video that way? So. So I've just always had these questions, and I feel like a lot of other True Janet fans feel the same way. So when I'm doing the interviews, I just want to get those answers for all of us. Yes, yes, yes. And you mentioned, you know, you started off with Tina, and Cammy and I can attest that we are Tina fans. We are Tina <laughs> yes. fans, Tina stands. <laughs> can't say nothing wrong about Tina. No, <laughs> no you can't. Yeah. And I watched that interview that you did with her. Uh, One of the things you said that struck me is that just how much she cares for Janet. And you can really tell that. I mean, that really came across in the discussion and that especially when she was talking about kind of the space that had grown between them and then they had grown back together and then space had come between them and they had grown back together. And I mean, those are the ebbs and flows of real relationships and and relationships that you cherish, because if you don't cherish it, you're not going to do the work to get it back together. Mm -hmm. So you could just really tell that. And I could tell that she was comfortable sharing those things with you, which is why, again, I think that you're the greatest radio interviewer that there is right now. <laughs> well, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Cause I know, you know, my, um, it's funny cause you know, I have a, I have a team of people that, that work with me and I'm, I'm so grateful to have their, their, uh, support and their effort and all that sort of stuff. And I always tell them, you know, if we get a new member on the team or whatever, when I first sit down with them, I'm like, look, uh, it's very important to me 
that the Kelly Alexander Show represents everything that is good about media and communications and and uh, just being like a human. Like I want to make sure that we never do anything salacious, that mm-hmm. we're always focusing on the positive. And, you know, I am going to ask questions that I think need to be answered and, and, and all that sort of stuff, but I'm never trying to get any like ridiculous, weird dirt. Like I can tell you over the years, I've gotten a lot of either YouTube comments or like, you know, direct tweets or whatever you want to have it. And some people are asking me uh, questions that I won't even bring up now because I think they're inappropriate. And I just sometimes (laughs) have to shake my head because I'm like, I would never ask that. Like, I would never ask that. I would never put that person in an uncomfortable situation to to ask that those particular types of questions. So it's mm-hmm. just really important for me to always have a, a good reputation and to it's really important too that the artist trusts me because I, I then feel that we will then have a great interview. And that's usually what happens, whether it's with a Janet related person or like for example, I just interviewed Deborah Cox, which you know that went up on our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Kelly Alexander Show. But what you guys didn't see was that same night with Deborah Cox, we I was asked to uh, to like host like a legend series with her. And so we were in front of about 75 to 100 people in this like really cute art studio in Montreal. And I, I think I was talking to her for about an hour and interspersed in there. She actually sang uh, some of her songs, including some of from the bodyguard and all that stuff. And it was amazing. It was such a like almost like an out of body experience being so close to Deborah Cox and then having her sing. And at one point I asked her about Whitney and Mm -hmm. I actually, she ended up getting emotional Mm -hmm. and I wasn't expecting that. You know, I didn't, it's not that I set out to make her cry, but it happened. And then I did my best to handle it well and then to move her through it so that, you know, I didn't want her to feel awkward or upset, even though none of that should have happened or would have happened because, of course, she would have feelings towards Whitney. Uh, She gets compared to her all the time and they were friends. But it was important to me that, you know, after that legend series that we did, I was talking to Deborah um, backstage, and, and she thanked me for uh, making it a comfortable situation for her. And that meant the world to me, because I really just want to make sure that artists uh, trust me, um, and it's a reciprocal reciprocal relationship, because I really appreciate their time, and I just want them to feel comfortable to share their story with us. That's awesome. That's really... Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> and we are Deborah Cox fans as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. She is awesome. She's a, another class act. And she loves Janet too, by the way, so it's cool. Fantastic. Wow. Always, lo- I love learning about like what celebrities are part of the Janet fam. I love that. She is a definite yeah. card-carrying member, that is for sure. And plus, I think we all know that in one of her videos, I think it was Who Do You Love, she had a bunch of Janet dancers, right? So She did, yes. She yes, did. Yes. She had, I think it was Tish and Shawnette and Tina, I think, choreographed it or was in it too. And so, yeah, so so she, she has shared some Janet dancers. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, Kelly, um, can you tell us one of the most surprising things you learned from about Janet from a guest? Wow, most surprising things. I, you know what? I don't know that I, I learned anything too surprising because I think what we see from Janet when we do get behind the scenes stuff is really her. So we all, I think, know that she's goofy and fun. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, the, I think that I will say surprising, but it's not surprising, is just the fact that to a person, to a person, so out of all the Janet people I've interviewed, not one has had one bad thing to say about her. Like, not one. Like everybody, because, uh, you know, like sometimes when you're doing interviews and, and uh, you know, if you're off air or something, you know, sometimes people will say things to a person. Everybody literally adores Janet. And she yeah. and to a person, the consistent thing I would say, too, is everybody says that she is a class act. Mm-hmm. She treats everybody extremely well. She wants them to feel like family and she loves having that family vibe. So 
like to a person, everybody has said that. So I think the surprising thing is that it's not surprising that Janet is a consistent, lovely woman. I love wow. that. I'm over here yeah. just beaming. <laughs> I love that. All right. So Kelly, a kind of weird question. But if someone, and I don't know how it could happen, but if there's someone who doesn't know Janet Jackson, what two songs would you play for them so that not only do they understand Janet Jackson, but they understand who she is to you? Good question. That's a good question. Wow. I, I, are you sure, sure you're not the better radio announcer? I think maybe. <laughs> I, I think you might be winning. In the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would go with, I guess, like, I, I would have to go with Rhythm Nation because I think that just stands for everything that she is, like, in a nutshell. Um, mm-hmm. And I think because you get the fierceness of her, you get the um, depth of her, and you also get her concern for the world from her in that in that song and for all like for all the people you know all the people all the races all the colors all that stuff um and then i guess i would have to say i get lonely because (laughs) i just i love that song and it to me is a quintessential r&b song that any r&b artist should have an i get lonely in their repertoire and yes (laughs) so Janet, like Janet was just firing on all cylinders when they, you know, did that song and it continues to stand the test of time. And then again, hats off to Tina for the choreography on that. And um, I just think that those two songs encompass Janet. And 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 it's funny because for a while over the last couple of years, I've actually been concerned about the state of R&B where I think it was just a bit off the rails. And I am now extremely in love with the artist Her. And, oh, yeah. and, yes. and I feel like she is uh, baby Janet in a way with regards to the true R&B songs that Janet does. Like, I feel like uh, her is, is capable of doing those. And so I feel like R&B is in healthy hands if her continues to do what she's doing. And also people like, like Daniel Caesar, like they're just like amazing R&B oh. artists. So, so yeah, so that's it. So I would definitely go with, with I Get Lonely and Rhythm Nation. Wow, I can't even, I can't even complain about that. <laughs> no, it was perfect. Cause as you know, Cam, I Get Lonely. I try to get that song into any conversation about great songs. It's the keyboard. I don't know who's on that keyboard, but it's just some keys hit. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> it sets the mood. I think it was Big Jim Wright. I think, I think Jimmy talks about yeah. it. Yes. in our Velvet Rope interview. So I think Big Jim Wright was the well, He was, was the doing it, yes. We, we approve of your choices. Great, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, Kelly, as you know, our girl Janet, she's been making the interview rounds. Going from studio to studio answering the same questions. Are you going to do any more movies? <laughs> Did you know Aretha Franklin? <laughs> so, Kelly, being the interview that you are and being a true Janet fan that you are, what question would you ask Janet when you get a chance? Well, I uh, have many questions for Miss Janet, um, but I guess I one of the questions I've I've always wanted to know, and I've actually asked some of her colleagues, like I've asked this of Tina before, and I think I've asked this of Jimmy, so it would be in, in those interviews. But I kind of want to know if Janet knows how special she is, because she is just such love and light for so many of us, and and. I think that, you know, the different projects that she's done have obviously meant so much to so many people. Like, for example, Velvet Rope, you know, a lot of people uh, came out to that album. Like, they felt like they were okay to tell their family and friends that they were gay 
or lesbian or, or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. And just, you know, and then Rhythm Nation, of course, just, you know, the struggle about being literate and, and, and also um, drugs and then, and then wanting, you know, equality amongst races. And so I've always just wanted to know, not that I, I want it, her to answer if she's like, you know, I, I know I'm great. Like, it's not that. I just want her to, to, wanted to know if she knows um, that she's such a beacon for so many of us. And, and it's almost like it's her and the universe working as one to make the magic because that's how I feel about her. I agree about the velvet rope because that definitely got me past high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm showing my age now. But, but. <laughs> that one really made me go, okay, you know, it gave me a little bit more courage to get through some things. And it's just like so many songs on there are so powerful. Agreed. Agreed. I, yeah. And that's a great question. I don't know what kind of answer you would get from that question because I kind of feel like she is in a space where she is starting to take in the grandeur of all that she's accomplished Mm -hmm. but I also think that her humility still makes it hard to accept what it really really is I would agree with you yeah yeah and it's funny because I uh I don't know if you heard our recent interview with Paulette Sibilis like her trainer but Mm -hmm. I actually asked Paulette too I said I feel like Janet is in such a great space right now where I feel like she's actually for the first time uh really ever taking it all in and Paulette agreed with me on that. So I think you're right. I think Janet's in a place now where she is, again, not sitting up there ca- counting her accolades. And that's not what I want for, from that answer. Like, I don't, I don't. And I, she, and like you said, her humility would never let her answer that way anyways. But I, I would hope that she, uh, on some level, just gets the amount of joy that she brings to all of us. Because she really, like, you know, all of us to some level, she has helped, you know, quote unquote, save with whatever we were going through at whatever particular time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Great question. Uh, so we're absolutely rooting for you to score that interview with Tony Jackson. <laughs> and I believe it is going to happen. Yeah. Well, I yes. appreciate that. And, you know, I, I now that I actually have a, a, an opportunity uh, to say this, because obviously, you know, I don't talk about this stuff on on my own show because, you know, it's not about me. It's about, you know, Janet and, and uh, the Janet-related artists that we want to have on when, when I'm doing Janet topics. And so I just want to take a moment to actually thank you guys, you ladies, and, and the Janet fans that are going to be listening to this interview because I cannot tell you how much support your support means to me and my team because it is a lot of work <laughs> to do these <laughs> interviews, like to to track down the people, you know, especially if I can use the Velvet Rope uh, 20th anniversary, for example, like that was hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of work, like let alone just doing the interview, but just trying to track down everybody because not everybody was easily accessible. And like, um, for example, uh, it actually took a while to get Seanette and not for any other reason than she's super busy. And, and so to get her was such a joy and a thrill. And I just felt so grateful to be able to get her for the Janet family, you know, because I knew everyone would love to hear from her. So I'm so grateful to her uh, for making the time to, to make that um, project, you know, work out well for us on the Kelly Alexander show. So I just really want to thank everybody who supports me because there was even like a bunch of Twitter uh, messages were going out a couple of weeks back with people like tweeting to Janet when she was making those interview rounds saying, you know, when are you going to go on Kelly's show? You know, and that just meant the world to me. And then, uh, you know, a bunch of people also saying like, how much they want me to meet her over themselves. And I was like, wow, like, yeah. that's so selfless, <laughs> you know? And and so I really and truly appreciate the support because it means this is why I continue to do what I do because I, I just want to be the conduit between 
you know, Janet-related people and the fans as much as possible to get the, the questions answered that you guys want to hear. And I really do hope eventually the universe sees fit uh, for us to be able to interview Janet because it would be a true honor, obviously. And um, I really do think she would have a great time on our show. I really think that we'd yeah. be able to make her feel comfortable because I know she doesn't like doing interviews, but I'm hoping that at some point, you know, word gets to her team or, or whatever needs to happen to uh, to have her on the show because I promise I would be prepared and I promise I would do the best job. <laughs> it means the world to me and it keeps me going to keep trying to to get the next interview uh, that you guys want to listen to. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. And one of the reasons why we are all always rooting for you for that interview is because we know that you will take good care of Janet. Yeah, you know, see some of these interviews and she looks so uncomfortable and people are making her do silly things like sing Baby Shark and just all sorts of all sorts of random things. And she, you know, she's a good sport, but she looks so uncomfortable. And we're like, let's just get her in good hands. Let's get her with someone who's capable of asking some questions that will get us some good information, but also make her, let her have some fun. Like, we don't want her to look tortured. Like, she's looking in some of these interviews. I do think that our personalities would get along and that I think she would know uh, by sitting down with our show that, we all have only love and respect for her and that we would want her to be able to tell her story. And and that's what I would really love to be able to do is have an in-depth conversation with Janet about a bunch of her projects and, and then to get that information out to the fans. So uh, that's why I hope one day it actually works it out. It will. We're looking forward to it. It's, been, it's in yeah. the universe somewhere. It's about to happen. <laughs> <Peace>. <laughs> Okay, that's it for us. Join us next time for part two of our awesome discussion with the best radio announcer in the world, Ms. Kelly Alexander. If you like our show, please subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also chat with us via Twitter and Instagram at JJTodayPod. Feel free to leave us a comment, drop us a like, and tell another Dana Jackson fan about our show. Our intro and outro music, Good For You by THBD is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Janet today, Janet tomorrow, Janet forever.